Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. All right, we are uh, back here uh, after about a month, ready to do more and more podcasts and hopefully some more investigating as uh, things are starting to lighten up a little bit. Don't you think, Dan? That's right. Uh, There's a new uh, paranormal uh, reality show coming out called Paranormal Revenge. And I just had a meeting with them today online. Uh, to tell one of my stories, uh, mm-hmm. the, the time when I got punched in the face by the old lady spirit. You remember that? <laughs> That'll be exciting if it happens. That'll be my, f- I think, my fourth television appearance telling some of my stories. Uh, since mm-hmm. I've been a paranormal survivor twice, my paranormal nightmare once, and now hopefully this one. So, but uh, is it this one's all- uh, uh, Yeah, uh, it is. And I believe it's all about uh, spirits that are acting out and taking quote-unquote revenge on the living. So we'll see what kind of stories they retell and be interesting to see. <laughs> That's for sure. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And uh, Dan, before we get started, your your book is doing well. I hope so. Uh, it's uh, on Amazon and mm-hmm. Kindle. It's called Strange Happenings, A Paranormal Investigator's Story. Uh, it's with Beyond the Fray Publishing, and that's going to lead us into our guest today because she is a, a fellow published author with Beyond the Fray, and her book is called The Witch's Guide to Ghost Hunting. And we welcome Sharice Williams all the way from the tropical beaches of Ohio. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Glad to be here. Thank you. Sharice. Uh, yes. We've been trying to get a witch, a bona fide witch, on the show for quite a while. How do you become a witch? Where did it all start? I see you're wearing a Hogwarts t-shirt. So, <laughs> yes. you know, did it, did it I start wish with that's what magic was really like. <laughs> yes. Do you have a magic wand at home? Come on. <laughs> I do, actually. Oh, I have a Harry go. Potter one, and I have, like, an actual, for me, like, <laughs> for rituals and stuff. Could you, could you wave it around and make the gas prices go down? Yeah. Uh, I wish, yeah. Please. Really <laughs> <laughs> All right. For real, because I'm put a big damper on. I think a lot of yeah. people investigating and. Yeah, no kidding, Sharice. We're gonna we're gonna hand it over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where it all started for you. Uh, you're interested in the paranormal and witchcraft, and uh, we'll jump in when we when we can. So. I've been interested in the paranormal since forever, since I was a little kid and all things creepy and spooky. My dad would tell me scary stories that he probably shouldn't have been telling like a little four-year-old, five-year-old, but I couldn't get enough of it. Um, So yeah, I've always loved ghosts and everything spooky. I would go to the library and just get as many books as I could and just research, research. Never did I think that I would actually be able to investigate the paranormal because as a kid, I mean, we didn't have reality TV and I was like, okay, so I have to be like a parapsychologist and go to school for a really long time, or maybe I can be a professor or something. Um, And then I think like a lot of people, when reality television hit, it was like, whoa, wait a minute, I can actually go do this. Like I can get a group of people together and like go do this. So that's kind of what I did. I joined a local group um, in my area and began investigating with them. And then eventually just kind of went off on my own. Um, 
as far as the witchcraft stuff, I, I feel like that's something that's kind of in all of us really. And I mean, as a little kid, I think a lot of us, we would make little potions and stuff in our backyard with like dirt and leaves and everything. I don't know, at least I did. <laughs> um, and I would think that I could talk to the wind and stuff. So it was always kind of something that was already like within me, but I was raised, uh, one side of the family is Catholic, the other side is Lutheran. So I was raised in the church and raised with this mentality that like witches are evil, magic is stuff of the devil. And um, so I never really thought to dive into it until I was about 18. And then I just came across a book and opened it up and it was a list of what witches are and what witches are not. And everything that witches are, I was like, oh, that's already stuff that I kind of believe or um, apply in my own life. And then what witches are not, I was like, oh, see, this is all lies that I've been told my whole life. <laughs> so that kind of started me down that path. And then, I mean, I feel like both of them merge perfectly. And that's where the Witch's Guide to Ghost Hunting came around because I combine both of them in my own life. Now, when you're doing a paranormal investigation, uh, now that you've studied witchcraft or Wicca, does it, when you approach an investigation, is there a different way of, of looking at it? Or do you have a certain, what's the word I'm looking for? Do you have a certain, like a different approach than like the regular paranormal investigator would? Yes and no. Um, I'm a very like practical down to earth believer. Like I believe that really anything is possible and things are much weirder than I think a lot of us recognize or realize. But at the same time, I am very practical with my approach and I do like using the traditional ghost hunting equipment. And, you know, I like to debunk if I hear some noise, I go and investigate and see what that noise is. There's a practical reason for it. I don't want to automatically jump to like, oh, everything is spirits. Um, so yeah, yes and no. I mean, I kind of go in with like a ghost hunter's mindset, but then I am also very open to my intuition. And when other people are feeling something, I maybe pay more attention to that or give it more credence than somebody who maybe isn't more spiritual or in tune with energies. You're a paranormal investigator. Mm-hmm. Can you give us an example of where maybe being a witch was beneficial to you? So a lot of the things that I do in witchcraft, I feel like I feel like the word witch has so much baggage with it and so many feelings and preconceived notions that people have. I mean, I know I did myself, um, but there's a lot of things that people do that would be considered witchy or witchcraft. You know, I mean, being a witch, you are aware of the energies within yourself, within the universe, within your environment, um, and you work with those energies. But then there are people who don't call themselves witches. They just call themselves energy workers. So it's kind of like, you know, potato, potato kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been times that I have had to help people like they're feeling like some spirit or energy is really encroaching into their space and their energy. And so I've had to kind of go and like help clear their aura and clear their energy and kind of give them some protection. So things like that have really come in handy on investigations. Can you give us an example? Um, yeah, on one investigation, I was with my friend Nat and she was starting to feel like the, the male spirit there was definitely kind of focusing and zeroing in on her and he was making her feel very uncomfortable. And she just kind of said, you know, oh my, like I'm starting to feel kind of heavy on my chest. And I'm like, oh, that's not a good thing. <laughs> like, I don't think that that's, that's not gonna be happening. Uh, so I kind of went over and just did some energy work on her. I actually talk about it in my book. It's kind of just like plucking off the energy 
um, the more you work with energy and the more in tune you are with it, you can kind of like feel where energy might be a little heavier or denser around people. So I just kind of did that and you could feel around her chest. It just felt like thicker, heavier. And so I kind of just helped pluck off that energy and um, kind of repair her aura in that space. And she said she felt a lot better afterwards. Let's back up a little bit. When you discovered witchcraft, you took an interest in it. You know, you said you you grew up uh, under the Catholic and Lutheran faith, you know, from both sides of the family. The U.S. is a very Christian country, um, especially especially in the South. Did you get any pushback from, from family and thinking like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, why would you? <laughs> but that's like you said, people always always think that's satanic or mm-hmm. or dark in nature. Um, how did you come out of the, the witch's closet, so to speak? Come out of the broom closet. That's what we call come it. out of the broom closet. There you go. <laughs> um, so for the longest time, I didn't. And honestly, for the longest time, I didn't even call myself a witch. I just was like, this is what I do. And it was kind of behind closed doors. Uh, my family's known forever that I read tarot cards. I got my first deck when I was like 12 or 13. So that wasn't anything new. And I've always liked crystals and stuff. So I've always been like witchy. Um, it wasn't until, gosh, a handful of years, years ago, I finally was like, you know what, I'm going to claim the term witch, like, because it's not something to be ashamed of. It's not a bad thing. And so I put witch in my Instagram bio. And of course, then some family members started to see that. And they're like, what is, what's, what's this? What do you mean you're a witch? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, and I just kind of explain it that it's not just like, I mean, there's really terrible Christians out there. I mean, look at how many people have died in the name of Christianity. There's some really bad witches out there, but there's a lot of really good witches. You know, it's, it's the person, not so much the the title or the path, I think. Um, And so kind of once I explained that and they know me and they know that like, I'm, I'm a good person, (laughs) I guess. Um, So they kind of just trusted me with that. But my mom is still is a little like, "Eh, what is this? I was worried coming out with this book. So I'm like, here I am coming out with a book titled The Witch's Guide to Ghost Hunting. Like, so I'm throwing it out there to any family that already doesn't know. And surprisingly, it's been pretty well received. I was really worried about my grandma, who's Lutheran, um, what she would say. She's even talked to her pastor about it, but I'm very proud of her with her. (laughs) She's very open-minded and she's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with this. And I'm like, awesome. So thankfully, yeah, uh, I haven't been ostracized from my family. Well, at least grandma's <laughs> open-minded, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's the one I was the most surprised about. But yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of good talks actually because of this. So, Yeah, I think the whole thing with uh, white witches, dark witches, um, the whole thing is with the intent. Uh, we talk about intent mm-hmm. a lot on this program. Crystals and I think energy has a lot to do with it as well. So if you're taking uh, crystals or uh, say you are mixing a potion, it uh, you really have to have the intent that it's going to do some good. The person receiving any treatment or anything like that, say from a good witch, has to have the intent that uh, it's going to work. Is, is that sort of, am I on the right to schedule there for that yeah definitely um yeah i mean from both ends the the person doing any sort of magic or witchcraft has to believe in their own power to create change but also if they are doing it with somebody else or for somebody else the recipient also has to have that intention of like yes this is going to work 
Um, and also just the intention of accepting that energy that you're giving them. Like in the instance with my friend Nat, you know, if she thought it was all just a bunch of baloney and was like, this is stupid energy stuff doesn't work. She might not have actually felt any different from me doing energy work on her. Um, I think it's a matter of belief and then also, yeah, acceptance. Cause if you're like, no, like this is, I'm not accepting this. You're literally creating an energetic barrier and blocking any sort right. of it doesn't matter what my intention is. If your intention is stronger and blocking it, then. Mm -hmm. And then it would be on the dark side of things where there's curses. Mm. Uh, if the per person really believes in that curse or is uh, accepted that there is a curse on that mm -hmm. person or that house or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that can be, you know, uh, where another person is just like, oh, that's, that's just baloney. Mm -hmm. would not affect them at all. Exactly. Or I think, yeah, if anything, it would at least affect the person who does believe in it much more than it might the person who doesn't. Mm -hmm. So your book, as, uh, as the title says, I mean, you're, you're taking being a witch uh, into ghost hunting. And how do you do that? Uh, you'll have to read the book. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so I think that they, I mean, they pretty much overlap. Ghost hunting, you're connecting with spirits, you're connecting with energies, you're connecting with something on the other side, something unseen with witchcraft and magic. A lot of the time you're connecting with spirits, you're connecting with energies, you're connecting with things that are unseen. Um, so, I mean, I kind of feel like they, they literally, they go hand in hand. They're pretty much, they right. crisscross pretty easily. <laughs> they both kind of deal with supernatural energies. Um, yeah. And so it just makes sense to me that you would correlate the two. And I feel like too, if you are dealing with energies, why not do things you know, spells or rituals or things that you can do to kind of connect with different energies, bring that into the, the ghost hunting energy. I don't know if that made any sense at all, what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I said it better in the book. <laughs> well, you know, I just, I think I was just trying to get the point across that you're not walking in there with the pointy hat and uh, with the, you know, uh, no. wands and everything like that no. uh, I look like every other ghost hunter out there I mean it's just right. I'm like whipping out my k2 meter as well as some crystals and like my tarot cards right so you are looking basically or feeling the energies when you get in mm -hmm. there. and yeah. you're working with that on, on that level I would think yeah. and then I mean I, I always trust my intuition first and foremost but it is I do like when I have a piece of equipment that is like lighting up and responding along with the intuitive things that I'm picking up on or what my tarot cards are saying. And then we get an EVP that kind of correlates with that. It's just, I, cool. I think it's, yeah, it's really cool to see like both things kind of working together. Was your intuition always there or did it develop over time as you delved into the, the witchcraft and the ghost hunting? We all have intuition, every single one of us. Um, some of us are just more naturally in tuned than others and some really need to work on it. I feel like I've always been a fairly intuitive person and really connected to that. Um, but I think like most people for a long time, I was like, no, that's, that's nonsense. That doesn't logically make sense. Or, you know, I would kind of discredit anything that I was feeling. Um, once I finally was like, I'm just going <laughs> to accept what I'm feeling as fact, I guess, uh, and just kind of trusted it. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. For sure. Is there anything? do to protect yourself before you do an investigation? I'm generally always protected all the time. Um, again, it's something I share in the book of just simple things that anybody can do every day to energetically protect yourself, to kind of keep your home energy cleansed and protected. So already, even if I don't do anything special, I feel like I'm pretty 
guarded. Um, I do have a couple pieces of jewelry that I wear on investigations that are protective. Um, but again, mostly it's kind of just my intent. And I, I like to say when I'm getting in my car to go home after an investigation, you know, you're not allowed to follow me. You're not allowed to attach to me. You can't come home with me. You, you know, you have to stay here. And I feel like that, that has helped. Right. I have had some little visitors here and there, but. Well, I was, I was going to say, we, we do the same thing on mm-hmm. our investigations, but we find that it doesn't work all the time, unfortunately. <laughs> and we, we do have things visit us at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was going to say, have you ever had anything follow you home? And you just answered, answered the question. <laughs> Luckily, it doesn't happen too often. Cause like I said, I mean, my home is pretty energetically protected, I think. And I stay on top of kind of cleansing the energies. So I feel like even if anything has tried to come home with me, like it can't really stay <laughs> or it doesn't want to stay. It's not comfortable here, but right. yeah, it just little moments of, you know, I see like things out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, that's new. That, mm-hmm. <laughs> that hasn't happened or I won't hear anything odd in my house. And then after an investigation, I'll hear, you know, things happening in the next room. And I'm like, okay, you can't, you can't stay. Right. <laughs> now, Let's hear about some of your investigations. You, you must have some memorable ones, some ones that made the hair stand up in the back of your neck. Uh, I do. All right. um, it's killing me. So I, I recently started, uh, I'm producing and investigating with Haunted Documentaries. And our first film is going to be streaming soon. I don't know where or when, but it was at Indiana State Sanatorium. And then we just finished filming in Kansas and oh my gosh I want to talk about this so bad so I can't wait till that comes out but um if people (laughs) want to follow haunted documentaries on Instagram to stay updated when these get released um but let's see I'm trying not to talk all the time about Indiana State Sanatorium because I've been there like five different times it's the most amazing place ever if you guys can come into the Midwest you have got to investigate Indiana State Sanatorium it is the most active place I've ever been um one of the things that really freaked me out with being there, it was the first time we were there and the fifth floor is known to have this more aggressive male. Um, he's not demonic or anything. Cause this building was a mental health like dormitory basically. So this was somebody who had mental health problems in life. And I think that that's just carried over into spirit world. Um, but yeah, he really tries to intimidate you and make you feel uncomfortable. And we were walking down the hall and suddenly we heard like the deepest, loudest growl ever. And it was just like right <laughs> in front of us, literally stopped us in our tracks, you know, hair standing up because it was just clear as day. And that's a little unsettling when you're walking through a hallway in the dark and you hear a very menacing growl. So that was definitely one of the a recent freaky moment. <laughs> now, do you think that was that male spirit or something more sinister though? No, definitely the male spirit. He, he Mm. tries to come across as, I mean, I think that there are probably some investigators that would go in and be like, yep, it's demonic, but just from our, our, not just my intuition, but um, a couple of other people I've been with and some of the responses and stuff we've gotten, we just really think that it is this male um, spirit. I guess there, there was a male patient on that floor who was extremely menacing and just made life terrible for the other residents and the employees so we're pretty sure that that's who it is. I mean, he bothered another resident so badly that this other patient resident jumped out of the window to get away from him. Wow. So yeah, I definitely think it's it's just somebody who's still extremely unhappy and unsettled. Unfortunately. Well, you, you're never a true paranormal investigator until you get growled at, right, Danny? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It is never not unsettling. <laughs> no. It's like, is there a dog around here? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's, uh, it's a growly. It's something that yeah. doesn't want us here. Have you done uh, any clearings at all? No, um, unless I've been asked, which I haven't really been asked. So I, I also talk about that in the book of getting permission before you do any sort of spell work or energy work on a location, because this isn't your location. Um, mm. You know, I don't think that you should go in. Like, I mean, I very easily could have tried to remove this aggressive spirit from the fifth floor, but first, I mean, this is his space. I'm just a visitor. Um, yeah. But then also I don't own this property, so I'm not going to do that. I did get permission because there's a nursing home as well attached to this. There's so many abandoned buildings on this property. Um, and a lot of the patients feel very sad, alone, scared, um, they just want to be remembered and feel like they're cared for. So I did get permission from the owner to do a ritual of creating a space that these spirits, kind of like a bubble container that these spirits could go to, to feel this energy of love and right. care Safe and space. protection. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, we did do that again with permission from the owner. So, and that was at Indiana mm -hmm. state. It's, it's funny. Uh, like one of the things that, uh, that I think about quite a lot is, you know, especially what happens after we pass on and why, why some people get stuck here. Why, you know, like why are all those spirits in the old age home or from the old age home? Why are they still there? Why haven't they moved on? You know, why is it that the living need to create a safe space, you know, for them and not, you know, quote unquote God or the universe or whatever's beyond you know, this veil that we call life. Uh, what, what do you think? What do you think is on the other side? That yeah. is interesting. Gosh, I, I feel like there's so much on the other side. It could so be so many different. Just, it could be so. I feel like yeah, can't even could, comprehend like, yeah, so many different levels and layers. And um, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe, I mean, if there is the whole free will thing, um, maybe God doesn't intervene and give, comfort to these spirits because it's a free will thing and they have chosen or maybe not chosen I don't know to stay behind I think maybe in the instance of the nursing home you know when they were alive they were patients that were being taken care of they were being cared for they were having their well they were supposed to be having their needs provided for them so maybe that kind of mentality carries over into the afterlife of like I, I need somebody to provide this care for me I need somebody to provide my needs being fulfilled. Like maybe they don't know how to. But like, like a lot of those stuff. facilities, uh, people aren't taken care of very well. You know, it, mm -hmm. it, you know, it's always in your golden years that you should be living the life and having the best time because you're not working. You know, but a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people stuck in these homes, uh, kind of abandoned, so to speak, and for it to continue on in the afterlife. It doesn't seem fair to me. It's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. Yeah, there's, you, you know, in that building, there's a woman who just, and I hope it's just residual, but every now and then, I mean, you'll hear it on EVP and audibly with your own ears. You just hear her like whimpering and just crying. And it's just the saddest thing. I'm like, please just let that be residual. Like, it's just heartbreaking to think that there's this old woman who's just trapped, you know, sad, scared and alone forever it's yeah it's, it's mm -hmm. heartbreaking. yeah we've had we've had instances where we've investigated places and you know come in contact with spirits and rachel has as well and and you just gotta wonder like why are they why are these poor souls stuck here right if mm -hmm. like 
isn't there anyone on the other side to guide them like to the next level? And that, that's yeah. no, I mean, I know they're dead, but <laughs> that's no way, that's no way to live. Right. Or, yeah, or exactly. to exist for all eternity or, or whatever, but it, it's a heavy topic yeah. and, and it you is. could talk to a hundred different people and get a different take on it. Like I had a psychic told, tell me, she said, she said, Dan, I think when people die, a lot of them are going to really going to be surprised, you know? And I think she was kind of steering away from the heaven, hell concept, you know, that mm -hmm. type of thing. But, yeah. I think it's much more nuanced than that. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, there's also the theory of when we have traumatic things happen to us, you know, we kind of like compartmentalize things or parts of our memory may kind of detach from each other. So that could be it also. I don't know if that's just me wishful thinking that like your soul, your essence kind of goes on to whatever it's supposed to do, but maybe the part of you that experienced that unpleasantness is what sticks and remains. So it's not quite your entire essence or being. It's more just kind of like a part, like a crumb of your uh, existence. Well, that's that is a good, still that's there. a good way of thinking. I don't know. <laughs> Again, that might just me being like, oh. Hopefully that old lady's not just crying forever. Yeah, hopefully it, her actual soul is gone. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, like you said, maybe it's just a residual impact or mm -hmm. energy that's there. Do you like to dive into the history of the places that you investigate beforehand? Or do you like to find out that afterwards, after you've got some information? I do like to have general history and information because I think it does help to kind of know you know what kind of spirits might i be encountering here you know um so that does help but i don't like to know the paranormal claims you know a lot of the time you go to these places and they walk you around and they're telling you about the place and they're like and over here there's the ghost of sally and she does this and people feel this when they're in this room i don't like to know that because i don't want that to sway me i don't want to then walk into the room and be like oh i'm feeling it but is it just because I was told that I'm going to feel that, or is it legitimately what I'm feeling? Um, and then after I investigate and things kind of unfold, I like to know more of the history because I think it's really interesting when things that you've experienced or evidence that you've captured correlates with things that you didn't know about, but are historical to the place. Child spirits. Yes. Is there such a thing or? <laughs> <sighs> That's another one that I'm like, God, I would hope that they're not because... <laughs> <laughs> no, like they're children. They should go on. Um, right. I don't know. There, there's a lot of things with spirituality, investigating all of it that I kind of sway here and there on my opinions. And then when I have different experiences, I'm like, okay, no, this is what I think. And then I might read something or experiencing something different to kind of change my mind. I don't think that every child that we are encountering is a demon or some malicious spirit trying to like con us into i don't know bringing them home or something but um, always assume that they are i know how you prove otherwise. i kind of do i'm like <laughs> are you actually a kid i mean it definitely does happen but but then i have also had experiences with what i believe to be genuine children spirits so yeah i don't, I don't know i think yeah, just I, with I, anything I be have your guard up have your guard up be i don't be trust talking. those little kid spirits <laughs> But you know, who knows if you're actually talking to an old lady, maybe it's not a sweet old lady. I mean, we really don't.
don't know at the end of the day what we're connecting with who we're or maybe to. they just they That's just choose to pro project themselves as they were when they were 10 years old right exactly maybe that was like their happiest time in life was when they were 10 so they're like mm -hmm. let me just be that i still don't trust yeah. them <laughs> they are creepy <laughs> yes uh residual energy as well uh, yes you know, uh, maybe a child had a traumatic experience uh, and passed away or was searching for its mother at the time. And, you know, we could be experiencing a residual in that case. I honestly think residual hauntings are the most common. Um, I, I think that, I mean, obviously the conscious spirits that we are interacting with and answer our questions and things like that are out there. But I think more often than not, it really is residual and I think I think pretty much everywhere has residual energy I think maybe that's just one of those depending how in tune you are with the energy or if you're actively seeking out to experience that residual energy you'll feel it more um but yeah I mean I think everywhere I've been has had some layer of residual energy you decide to become a witch uh how does someone out there who's interested in witchcraft or wicked how do they where do they begin do they start with books? Are there are there still active covens out there that they can reach out to? There are. Um, I'm sorry, Rachel. I took your your second question. Oh, I know, <laughs> poor Rachel. Rachel. Rachel's been messaging she's just me. Just silent saying, up there. Yeah, she's been messaging me saying, "You keep taking my questions." <laughs> well, Rachel, I'll answer your question. Thank um, you. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, pretty much, I, I mean, I don't know about really small towns, um, and I guess I can't speak for Canada, but at least here in the United States, most cities have at least one like spiritual shop or crystal shop. So, yeah, you could go there and sometimes they offer events and things like that, or you could ask them if they can direct you to somebody to learn from. Um, but thankfully, we do live in the age of the Internet and there's so many resources and so many YouTube videos you can watch um and books for sure and and i would say learn from a lot of different people because i mean i even still will read basic witchcraft books because somebody may word things in a way that i'm like oh wow that's really interesting i hadn't thought of this thing that i've known forever in that way and it kind of can inspire you so definitely learn from a lot of people but yeah just pick a book i always say find something that you're interested in so maybe if you're really interested in crystals start there because there's so many topics that you can dive into and it can be really overwhelming because they're all really cool and you're like I want to learn it all so I always say just pick like one or two things that you're really interested in if you're really interested in like working with herbs then kind of start there um yeah just just start just start reading <laughs> and what's your strength other like you said herbs crystals yeah what's what's your go-to Awesome. I mean, I'm really good with protection and banishing and, and divination. Tarot is like, I love tarot. Yes. This Miss Rachel. What about potions? Do you make well. potions? Do I make potions? Um, I kind of feel like, and you know, your cup of tea can be a potion. The coffee I make in the morning can be a potion. It's, it's your, the intention that you put behind it, you know, um, especially tea is a great way to make a potion. Like when you're putting the different herbs into, into your cup, you're kind of infusing it with the energy or the intention that you want it to do. So different herbs have different properties. So when you're working with lavender, for instance, I mean, it can be protective, it can be cleansing. It can also help bring about psychic dreaming. So maybe you're making a potion for bedtime and you're kind of just 
with your intention, waking up the energy in that lavender of psychic dreaming. Um, also the way you stir your coffee or tea in the morning, like if you stir it clockwise, you're bringing something into your life, stirring it counterclockwise is to remove things from your life. So simple things that we do mm -hmm. every day can be when they're right. done with intention can be considered mm -hmm. witchcraft. Right. So you're not looking for the eye of a newt or, uh, no. Well, and the funny thing with that, a lot of those are yeah. just names for different herbs and plants. That... <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I have new, I don't know what that actually is, I what don't know what that is, but it correlates to an actual herb to a plant. So you go, you go to Starbucks and order a latte yeah. with an eye of newt. <laughs> yeah. Like it looked at a little weird, but <laughs> so eye of newt is mustard seed. Thank oh. you. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Wow, not an eyeball. I honestly wish we all called these herbs by those names. You know, how much cooler would that be? <laughs> like some like some mustard company should just call it Eye of Newt, right? Yeah. <laughs> Can you go get me a bottle of Eye of Newt, please? Yeah, would you like <laughs> I need it for Newt? my hot dog. <laughs> yeah, would you like Eye of Newt on your hot dog? There you go. <laughs> you just imagine the spice rack with all these names. On. Cool. I love it. You'd kind of do a double take and like, not even be here. Do you think curses are a real thing? Yeah. Yep. Where do you think that energy comes from? And and how could someone get rid of a curse if they felt strongly that, uh, that there was one put on them? So with curses and hexes, a lot of the time it's our own doing, which there's a spell called a reversal spell, which you're literally kind of like, you know, return to sender spell and you're returning the energy back to where it came. You need to be careful with those because sometimes you're your own worst enemy. And a lot of the time, you know, things in our lives that may seem to be not going right. It's our own energy that we're putting into it. And it's almost like you can get stuck in like a negative mindset of like, oh, of course, this is going wrong in my life. What else is going to go wrong? And you're kind of like putting that energy into your life. Not to say that everything bad in our lives is our own fault. Obviously, there are just terrible things and terrible people. Um, but so, yeah, you need to be careful when like, I'm going to return that back to where it came because you might just be reflecting it back onto yourself. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, curses and hexes definitely do happen. And I think too, sometimes with like curses and hexes, they, they, it's kind of like the evil eye thing. They, they're not intentional. Like people who aren't even witches or work with magic, they can send you negative energy. You know, if you have people scrolling on your social media and they're like, Oh, this person, oh, what is she doing? And they're looking at your pictures and like literally sending you this like miserable energy mm -hmm. that depending on how sensitive of a person you are, you might feel that in your life. So I was told by a very powerful psychic that I have a curse on me and it's mm -hmm. uh, it, I think it's a family curse. It's, mm -hmm. it's been around for a while. So I've always wondered, you know, and she even gave me a name of the person who, who put it on me. Hmm. but like just a first name and I've always wondered because it's not a it's not a, a common name mm -hmm. and, and I think I've only ever met like two people in my entire life who who had this this first name I always wondered if I did have something connected to me how could how could I get rid of it on my own gosh right? there's so many ways um honestly just really kind of maintaining your your energy so that would be doing daily energy cleanses um, kind of keeping your home protected and the energy good and flowing in your home. Uh, you know, the stronger you keep your own energy, the harder it is for things to like latch onto you or to even stay connected to you. Um, so first and foremost there, then there are, I mean, you can connect with 
like shamans or other energy workers that can do meditations and stuff. If it was a curse put on a family member from way back when they can do, um, you know, kind of like past life regression sessions and kind of mm -hmm. work with you to like heal that and sever that in the past life. It can get really weird <laughs> and really deep. Um, but the easiest would be to just really focus on daily cleansing and strengthening of your own energy. Well, like I kind of think of like curses and negative energy like that as like, like living beings or creatures. And if you make their habitat inhospitable, like they're not going to want to stay or they're not going to be as healthy and strong. So yeah, if you're just constantly like really vigilant with keeping your energy grounded, protected, strong, eventually it can make it. So it's like, okay, just don't even want to be here anymore. Any crystals that are good for that? Uh, this one that I've been holding, I lo love this one for protection. It's Tibetan quartz. Okay. I bring this on every investigation as well. Um, it's excellent for keeping your energy grounded and your aura strong. I got my um, whole bowl right here. Love it. As well as selenite and black tourmaline. Those are probably my three favorite. Love it. Black tourmaline yes. and my <laughs> selenite. Perfect. You're so, ahead of the game. There we go. <laughs> love it. Yep. The good old selenite. I have to yep. re-energize re re it though, I think. Under but the full moon, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. or in the freezer, I've been told, to put your crystals in the, in the freezer. freezer. I've not heard that. I would be careful yeah. that they don't crack because some yeah. crystals are really... I've been different. told you can put them in the freezer for a few hours and that will re-energize them as well. I've not heard that. You can also put them in the sun, but be careful. Like I know amethyst, if it's in the sun for too long, it can kind of start to fade a little bit. Um, On your bio tarot cards, you, mm -hmm. you like to read tarot cards. Uh, mm -hmm. The thing I find about tarot cards is a lot of memorization yes <laughs> yes that, yeah that is uh there's there's a lot of cards there's 78 cards and then if you are also somebody that reads them upside down or reversed that adds a whole another <laughs> 78 yeah. meanings um it, it can take some practice for sure but tarot works with numerology so if you kind of learn what you know what does the number one represent um what does the number two represent that can kind of help you so then when you pull a card and it's like the two of cups you can be like okay well i know the number two represents this and there are the four suits um cups wands pinnacles and swords so if you learn the meanings of those because they each have their own energetic kind of properties uh that makes it a lot easier so if you know what the number two represents and you know what cups symbolize you can kind of put the meaning together that way um I also say to just read intuitively as well. Definitely, I think you need to know the meanings of the cards. But if you are just starting out, and even if you've been reading forever, um, look at the imagery on the card. And if there's something that stands out to you, trust that. There's been plenty of times I've done readings for clients and something like an image on one of the cards really stands out. And it has nothing to do with the traditional meaning of the card. But I trust my intuition with that. And almost every time the person's like, wow, okay, that made a lot of sense. I'm glad you brought that up. So yeah, always trust your intuition for sure. But kind of like with witchcraft, you want to read tarot, just get started. Just start reading a book, get a deck, start pulling cards and- Right, go with it. We want to hear one more juicy paranormal investigation from you. Uh, we don't want you to give anything away and get you in trouble with the haunted <laughs> documentaries. Okay, so this is a this is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, so Prospect Place in Ohio, um, I've been there probably about five times over the last fifteen years or so, and it always gives activity. Um, but the basement there is one of those old creepy basements with dirt floor, brick walls, and it is dark when you're sitting in the the basement. I mean, you can't see the hand in front of your face pretty much, and 
we were doing a challenge down there. So the main, there's a main hallway in the basement and then there's like two little like alcoves on either side of the hall. So we had a person standing all the way in one of the alcoves at the end of the hall, somebody kind of in the middle alcove and then me and my friend Adam were sitting at the end of the hall. And we're just kind of sitting there waiting and looking and listening. And the person at the end of the hall said, somebody just stepped out of the room into the hall. Like he heard the shuffling, he could kind of see like a little bit of a darker shadow, but he clear as day heard the shuffling leave the room that he was in and into the hall. And so we sit and we're waiting. And then a minute later, the person in the alcove in the middle said, somebody just walked up and stopped in front of me. And again, he could hear kind of the footsteps and the shuffling and it just stopped in front of him. So then Adam and I are like, okay, when's it coming for us? And so we're sitting there and it was the creepiest thing. I mean, it took up the whole hallway pretty much. And it's just so unnerving when you see, I'm sure you guys have probably seen something similar, like where something blacker than black is coming towards you. It's darker than the dark and it's approaching you. And just as it gets to us, the flashlight, which was off in Adam's hand, we hear it slam to the floor. <laughs> He's like, uh, it literally just smacked the flashlight out of my hand. And yeah, we all kind of turned the lights on after that and like walked out and we're like, okay, let's analyze what happened. But yeah, that was, that was a little unnerving and really interesting too. That I mean, it literally, it was like coming up to each of us, like, what are you guys doing? And obviously we kind of pissed it off, I guess, cause smacked the flashlight out of his hand. Mm. So that was a little, uh, interesting <laughs> have you been back i have i have. have and i actually sat in the basement by myself too because that was something i hadn't done in years prior and so yeah i kind of faced that fear because that was one of my first investigations too as like an actual investigator so i was like whoa that was kind of creepy uh but yeah i finally sat in the basement by myself and everything was okay <laughs> awesome rachel Hi. Have you been have, Hi. You been have you been writing anything down over there? So I did. Not Rachel a lot. is Rachel is our resident medium. <laughs> Sometimes she picks up on things with her mm -hmm. guests. So oh okay. Yeah. So the very first thing I wrote down as soon as we started the um uh podcast, and it's funny because you've made many reference to it that you're strongly grounded. Mm -hmm. And it's like it just emanates off you and very positive Yay. energy. So I'm like, yep, that girl is very strongly grounded. <laughs> so I just Good thought, to know. That, Good to yeah, know. thought that was cool. <laughs> um, I do feel like there's a, a male energy that's been hanging around you. And I think you know who that is. And I think they um, provide you with some extra protection too. Oh, now you're making cry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you also really take on energy from the land. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I'm supposed to um, ask you about organization. Uh, I don't know if that's just like to just put that out there because of something that's coming up for you or a reminder, but I feel like it's something coming up that you need to keep that organization going for. Okay. And I'm not the most organized person. I'm, I'm organized chaos, but yeah, <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to tell you is it's okay to take a break and enjoy what you have created. Mm. Okay. That's because spoiler alert, I'm already working on two other books <laughs> like this one before this one was even out. I was like, okay, next two ideas for my books. So yeah, I literally haven't like been able to really enjoy. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that. It says, I book, can't. It says book two right there. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Okay. 
<laughs> Rachel, Rachel's pretty quiet, but when she gets going, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, so you guys stay organized and enjoy so, the process. The Witch's Guide to Ghost Hunting. Where can mm-hmm. people find it? On Amazon. Amazon, Kindle. Yep. And if Definitely. people want to get a hold of you, your paranormal team, where can they find you? Um, I'm most active on Instagram and it's sharicewilliams.xo. Um, that's probably the best way to find me. I mean, I, I'm on TikTok, Twitter, all of it, but most active on Instagram or my website, well, sharicewilliams.com. Very cool. Danny, anything else? I think that was very informative. Uh, it's been a long time that we've been trying to get somebody with uh, witchy qualities. <laughs> witchy qualities. <laughs> on the show. <laughs> but yeah, so that was very interesting. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you for having me. And we'll, and we'll have to have you back once the haunted documentaries come out. And Yes, and then I can actually talk about go. it. Yes. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Charisse Williams, The Witch's Guide to Ghost Hunting. Go buy your book. Yes. <laughs> I say, even if you're, you know, you don't want to be a witch, like there's just very practical, energetic tips in this book, I think. Um, Yeah. So I think good for anybody. Very good. Charisse, thank you so much for being on the Phantom Faction Podcast. Thank you. I would love to be back. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.